All right. Everybody, welcome to the new year. It's 2020. Uh, and this is the January 11th edition of Cascadian Views. Uh, I'm here with Dan. Howdy. Uh, we've had a very... We're back. Yeah. <laughs> we're back from an extended holiday break. Uh, it, it was pretty quiet up until the last couple weeks uh, when we engaged in war with Iran. Yeah. Uh, first days <laughs> yeah, yeah, it turns out to have just been a little bit of war with iran yeah uh, but you know we assassinated a general and they blew up a bunch of buildings in a military base of ours in iraq with some missiles and now i guess everybody is calling it good thank god for that i mean <laughs> just i can't think of how that could have gone well for anybody if uh i guess the cooler heads had not prevailed in Iran to do it. I, I get the appearance is very much. Let's find something where we can hit that will play well for our domestic audience, but not actually do anything meaningful to the United States. So they don't feel obligated to respond further. And, but yeah, it, it what, depends uh, on how I, you I, define meaningful. They did hit supply buildings. They, they had equipment right. buildings like that, that had real monetary value. And in fact, quite a bit more. It's not like they bombed a house or something. These were, sure, you know, warehouses filled with military supplies. That's pretty expensive. It, it, it was a decent strike. They did have a, uh, well, giant self-inflicted mistake, though. Um, it turns right. out they shot down a civilian airliner. Um, and Iran initially denied this. And then not only uh, confirmed that, yes, in fact, they did, by mistake, do this, but they dragged the uh, the captain in the Revolutionary Guard out on TV who did it and made him apologize to, like, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, you know, is, I don't know if that makes up for bringing down an airliner with, you know, over 100 people on it, but it, it does seem like a genuine accident. I'll give them that. Yeah, just everybody on edge and firing off missiles and God knows what at any notice. But yeah, yeah, I was going to say at least nobody died, but there was that. Yeah. But yeah, at least for now, it looks like no actual, I guess, further conflict and bloodshed aside from you know escalated tensions for a few more months and maybe maybe we get some kind of covert strike against an American interest somewhere, you know, six months down the line when, you know, the heat is off a little bit and they can do it without being traced back to them. But yeah, that was a scary several days. The, um, the initial stats were, I believe 15 missiles were fired from Iran, 11 of which struck four of which were, were lost. Um, I'm not, entirely sure what the breakdown on the number lost was. There was at least one that was brought down by active defense mission. Sure. Um, over over Irbil, the the Kurds point defense cannons brought down one of the rockets. Uh, the other three, I don't know if that's also what happened to those or if those were um, you know, failures of guidance systems or whatnot where the, the vehicle was lost in flight. Uh, I, I am a little bit curious about that because that actually does tell you quite a bit about the capabilities of the Iranian military to to a very real extent. Our 
our number of failures on cruise missiles is really quite low in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, if it were, you know, we know one of them was brought down by active defense. If three out of 15, you know, if, if one fifth, 20% of them suffered a failure in guidance, that actually tells me that the Iranians missile technology is, is not really up to snuff. It, it's pretty dated. Yeah. Well, that's, not entirely what you wouldn't expect. I mean, it's a semi-pariah state that doesn't get an awful lot of trade or, you know, the ac access to the most recent weapon systems. Uh, I was going to say, the other thing that uh, maybe I misheard, but my understanding was they notified the Iraqi government that they were going to do this. Like, it was not entirely a surprise that, like, hey, this is where they're coming, so make sure nobody's in the way. You know, a little bit like when we bombed Syria in 2017. Mm. You know, hey, hey, missiles are coming here. You know, Putin, make sure there aren't any Russian troops where we're going to hit. We also usually file what's called a notice to airmen mm -hmm. uh, with the civil aviation authorities where we dictate... Uh, Basically, the corridors that civilian planes can stay in and the altitude levels that can, they can stay in and not be considered a threat. Right. Uh, and Which uh, would have been quite helpful. Sure. In the case of that 737, I believe, if uh, somebody had, had sketched out, you know, a plan as to where airlines would be, you know, flying up cruising altitude, like the corridor from the end of the runway. Uh, mm -hmm. Something tells me that didn't get filed, but I'm just guessing. <laughs> you think they haven't dotted all the I's and crossed their T's in this administration? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, not to say that that always happens. In the 80s, there was a very unfortunate incident that I would argue is, well, either so negligent as to be indistinguishable from an intentional act or an intentional act where a very trigger-happy uh, U.S. Uh, ship captain shot down an airliner during conflict with Iran uh, that was filing the you know flight plan that was laid out in the notice to airmen for civilian traffic was doing everything right and hmm. blew it out of the sky uh, that guy never served on another ship again <laughs> they kept him well, on yeah. shore duty for the rest of his career uh, yeah it, it was really quite despicable so there's, uh, there's a very weird historical irony how this kind of came full circle here. Sure. And I guess the one thing, the other angle I was thinking on this really is getting back to what's started it all off in the first place was this drone strike on this Iranian general who was, I guess, visiting in Iraq. That was where he was, that's where he was actually killed. He was in Iraqi territory. He was uh, at the airport getting off an airplane. Right. And he was killed right. by a, uh, a drone, a global global sky something or other yeah maybe as a predator drone or maybe that's just me remembering high school first iraq war but or global hawk or something like that yeah it was brought down by a drone with two missiles yeah. killed him and two other people stepping off the plane i believe were terrorists right right i mean it's been kind of it, it's been a little bit of the cliche over the last week you know people pointing out that yeah this is a this was a bad dude. He'd done a lot of bad things, hurt a lot of people, killed a lot of people uh, in Iraq, in 
Syria, you know, all over the Middle East. In a lot uh, of places. And you don't yeah. have to, you know, you don't have to whitewash this guy into something he's not in order to think that the U.S. should not be engaging in political assassination. He was exactly. a bad dude. It's still not cool that we assassinated him. Right. There, and that, that kind of speaks to the, the Trump administration's been kind of all over the place in the rationale for why they chose to do this, which is just kind of odd, you know, because at first, I think the first rationale for it was that, oh, he's. Wait, wait, no, I think I'm trying to make sure I've got the order right. Like the first time it was, oh, he's done bad things in the past. That's why we had to take him out. And then later, oh, 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 actually, it's because uh, there was news there was going to be some kind of imminent attack on American assets in the Middle East. And so that was why they had to do it. They and got then, kind of more specific on that today. It was apparently yeah. an attack against him. Okay. Well, and the other thing that Trump was throwing out, Trump himself was saying in interviews that, oh, he did it because uh, Senate Republicans told him they wanted him to do it. Yeah, he yeah. floated something about how he was thinking about impeachment. Yeah, that they were going to they were going to help him in impeachment if he did this. So, and it is kind of weird that Bolton decides he wants to give testimony in the middle of all of this. Yeah, I, I mean, not to totally buy love. into the conspiracy theory, but you know, the whole they'll help him with impeachment if he does it, and he does it, and it's what Bolton would want more than anything else. And then Bolton oh, yeah. suddenly like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, I told the House to fuck off, but Senate, if you guys want me to talk, I'm totally <laughs> open. Yeah, yeah, just very, very odd. You know, it kind of goes along with everything else about this administration. It's never really what they say it is, and they say five or six different things anyway for any rationale for anything they do. But yeah, yeah, and so that's the reason... We spent, you know, the better part of a week really scared that there was going to be a new war. I did, there was that night when Iran launched the missiles. Uh, I think even you commented about it, that if Trump had gone out for a presidential address that night, uh, shit was going to fly. Like, yeah. there was going to be war. I don't know who talked about it that, but that, yeah. that was like a last second no. Don't do this. They were actively working the networks for time. Like yeah. they, they were, they were planning out when he was going to give this address. And it was, it was already eight thirty on the East Coast. So like, there's not a whole lot of time left. They pulled the plug on that with like maybe half an hour to go <laughs> before everything like, you know, was in place and they were on TV. So we came very close to a, a dick measuring uh, contest with Iran. Uh, I I was terrified for a day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes you wonder. You know, who who's the last non sociopath left that he's still listening to? <laughs> and I, you know, Iran is or Iran, I, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I don't want yeah. to be insensitive. Um, they're not some like third world dictatorship in the Middle East. They're not Saddam Hussein. Like I I made this point and. You know, they may have some missiles with the guidance system that isn't that great, but they also have some extremely impressive capabilities. They they are one of 11 nations with orbital capabilities. Uh, they launch their own payloads into orbit on their own launch systems, uh, natively, you know, created missiles. 
they uh, are one of even fewer nations that are capable of reaching uh, geostationary uh, orbit, which is high enough up that the orbital speed exactly matches Earth rotational speed. The satellite just hangs over the same place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you're able to put something up that high, you can bring it down pretty much wherever you want. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. If you can put something into orbit, you can then land whatever it is you put up. You know, maybe a big old bomb. P- pretty much wherever you want to put it down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're not Saddam with some Scud missiles who can shoot like a hundred miles away. Right. They're they're terrifying. Uh, that's like a real war. Not a war that we're going to lose. We're still a much bigger country with much bigger capability but that almost makes it worse because then they pull out all the stops if it's you know (laughs) annihilation or you know win you're not playing it safe yeah if they've got you know the capacity to seriously defend themselves even if it's not win yeah yeah for sure it's going to be just awful for everyone (laughs) yeah yeah that is not a fight i want us picking no Oh, anyhow, uh, I guess before we segue into impeachment, it looks like uh, Chris is able to join us. Oh, uh, tell him to look that link you posted. Oh, sure. Just a second. There we go. So while we're killing time, I am so excited for Kerbal Space Program 2. For what was that? Kerbal Space Program 2. I don't know what that is. Have you not played Kerbal Space Program? No. Oh my god. You would love it. It's it's Orbital Mechanics, the game. Ooh. You, okay. you build rockets and fuel tank and you can strap everything together and plan out stages and there's a whole uh, smaller scale than, than normal, but, you know, still fun solar system to explore with, like, a Mars analog and a Venus analog. And, oh, cool. Uh, there's a gas giant with a bunch of moons and crap. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. You learn... Uh, there's an XKCD, uh, and it's just a graph that he drew about his, his knowledge of orbital mechanics, basically, and includes, you know, actual job at NASA... And all that. And then it just goes off the charts when he starts playing Kerbal Space Program. It, it's really so much fun. Right. It's just a, a physics sandbox. Uh, I really highly recommend it. Neat. Yeah. I just, I, I've been teaching myself how to do gravity assist uh, off the gas giant Jewel uh, to get to ELU, which is kind of the Pluto analog in the game on this like really long orbit. Uh, but my gravity assist gets me there the long way around on this even longer orbit so i'm on this like 42 year voyage to put this this fucking little base down on uh, this ice ball it's a lot of fun you would have such a blast okay all right we have chris in the chat now. chris is he's messaging me he says it's telling him to wave let's see here Yeah, just add him into it now. Is that it? I, I think so. Add him into it. It says it's calling him. Hey, there, there we he is. go. My goodness. 
What's Long time up? no see, man. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, okay. It's been a night here. Uh, foster kid situations. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they they happen. We were uh, <laughs> we were just going to kind of pivot off the Iran talk. Um, to, I guess we'll start with. Pelosi saying that the articles of impeachment are going to the Senate next week. Uh, and I guess this is kind of in response to McConnell uh, announcing he's got the votes for, you know, this uh, show trial. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he got that from Collins. Uh, I guess he never even approached Romney. Like, they, they just wrote him off. Uh, but he got Collins uh, mostly because Collins... It's the Democrats because they're running a bunch of ads against her in her state. She got <laughs> super pissy about that on camera to a reporter, said, you can quote me on the end of that, uh, the whole nine yards. So, uh, yeah, fuck her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I never I, moved off of that after Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I totally hope you lose to Sarah Gay. Just... Just my two cents out there. <laughs> I'm going to do more than hope. I'm going to put my boots on the ground there. That's right. That's right, your neighborhood. So, yeah, yeah. all the way. So that means the uh, the Senate is going to take this up, I, I think, next week. McConnell didn't want to really delay on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we thinking? Are we thinking that this is just in and out? He's going to do it. Yeah, call a vote like and then two done. Weeks. Yeah, oh, good grief. He's yeah. got to let him present a case. Roberts has to rule over something, but I mean, <laughs> there will be a trial of some sort. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be for show, it, it, a predetermined outcome. No witnesses. It's going to be somebody from the Senate, probably Schiff, maybe. I, I guess there's a movement to, to draft uh, Amash helping out with this. <laughs> But hmm. somebody, Schiff or Amash, is going to you know, sit there and read testimony from the House and the Senate's going to vote to acquit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that will be it until... November? November, yeah. I I feel like we really probably should have worked more on you know guys like Gardner, maybe Tillis, but... Gardner's gone. He knows he's not. Yeah, so I guess... He's looking for post post Senate employment. <laughs> yeah, he's he's you know working off his conservative bona fides so that maybe not fair will land at the bottom somewhere. Sure. Uh, in, in much the same way that Doug Jones, kind of a conservative, <laughs> the yeah. concept of being unemployed after November. <laughs> I mean, he's still making re-election noises, but he's he's doing much less of the trying to be the people that. Know Alabama will vote to reelect, barring you know another run by a pedophile child monster. Yeah, which we can always hope for. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so I'm curious. Does anyone know the um, the kind of rules of evidence of the trial? Like it is whatever the Senate wants it to be. Yeah, yeah. they pass their own rules package. That's what McConnell was saying. He has the most for was the Republican rules package. Oh, right. I'm wondering Democrats. if, for example, because there have been some noises about this, like 
if the House said, okay, well, the Senate doesn't want to talk to Bolton, but we do, and they managed to put that together, you know, before the trial, if that material could then be introduced. It could if the rules package the Senate uh, puts forth allows it to, and Roberts is in charge of interpreting. He is presiding over the trial. But the trial mm-hmm. rules are entirely up to and I, I guess, uh, according to the Republicans, I don't think we've seen their actual package, but uh, it, it's a new one, which is the first time that's happened in a while. When uh, they were impeaching Clinton, they really just kind of dusted off the, the Nixon rules and updated them a bit. Uh, because they had been prepped. Nixon wasn't actually impeached. He was he resigned before the trial went to, to act, I guess. But the, the rules were drawn up. They brushed those off for, uh, for Clinton. And then this time, they, according to the Republicans, they threw those out and started from scratch. Which hopefully means they, you know, didn't really think a lot of stuff through, I guess, for your point, Chris. Mm-hmm. If you want to introduce new stuff, you have to hope there's wiggle room in the rules. And you have to hope that Roberts is willing to play along. Yeah, that's that's a lot of contingency there. <laughs> <laughs> I have more hope for Roberts than I do for Collins, but still. Yeah, yeah. At least when it comes to like institutional preservation kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Roberts will still occasionally, you know, he still has lines. Yeah, I think Collins has been. It was the ACA and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. We've talked about this before, but this is going to impact the primary. Uh, we are three weeks and some change from the yeah. first votes in Iowa. Uh, we're figuring blocking off, say, two weeks for a Senate testimony. That effectively takes everybody who's not Buttigieg and Biden out of Iowa for yeah. the remainder <laughs> of the campaign to the Iowa caucuses. Yeah, but I mean, they'll have surrogates there. They'll have, they'll, they'll all be running ads. Yeah, but, and you know, ads can help. No Just big rallies. Ask yeah. Steyer, who has somehow managed to qualify for the next debate. Qualify for the debate and second place in South Carolina, which is Insane. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that debate, that's going to be what? Just the top four and Steyer, right? It's really down to them. There's nobody else. Is Bloomberg not in this one? I don't think so. Maybe, is Klobuchar? I think just about everybody's out. I think Klobuchar has to make it. She's polling over 5% in, in Iowa. Of course, Yang is polling more than 5% if you ask you know, basically yeah. any pollster except the ones the DNC is using. Uh, it, it's actually a little bit weird. Yang is missing this debate. He has like 30 qualifying polls in, in the time period. It's just none of them are... From pollsters, the DNC really approves of. Uh, he's got two, according to their metrics. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I'm just pulling up the Washington Post. <laughs> I'm just going after an article too. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, uh, she will be. Okay. So it's not just it's that limited. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, uh, there are six qualified debaters uh, for that. It's going to be Klobuchar, 
Sanders, Buttigieg, Warren, Biden. Uh, and what's the what is the date of that debate? That I think it's coming Tuesday. up this week. Yeah, yeah, it's Tuesday. Okay, the trial probably will not be started by Tuesday. So yeah. I know there had been some talk of you know they might actually have to cancel the debate if effectively more than half the people couldn't show up for it. I yeah. don't see. I don't necessarily think they should. Like those people have a job to do, and it sucks they can't be out there, but that's not our fault. <laughs> like that's one of the benefits of not being a sitting senator. Well. While running, I mean, that seems to effectively take one of the benefits of, you know, a certain type of person running, not a politician, and neutralize it. Mm. Yeah. And, All right, and yeah, this one is actually in Iowa, I see. Yeah, it's it's the Iowa debate before the Iowa caucuses. Are we going to have uh, debates after Iowa, or do you know if they're going to keep those going? I expect they will. Uh, I think they've got some tentative. But by that point, I guess it's going to be limited to whoever's still drawing delegates rather than just polls at that point. Well, how far do you have to go before you limit it to just people with delegates? Uh, you know, just Iowa? That seems kind of shitty. Do you let the first four go? And then you have to have delegates or you don't make the debate stage? And if you yeah, do let the like first four a, go... Like, to the question from a minute ago, there's an 8th, 9th, and 10th debate scheduled for February. So I think oh, they're kind no of uh, saying, like, February is our chance to keep talking before Super Tuesday, and then that's it. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other big news in primary is that Castro dropped out and has uh, full-throatedly endorsed Warren, uh, appearing together on stage in Brooklyn. Uh seems like it's a big deal but also i live on twitter a little bit and that's yeah. not the real world it, it, it is a big deal on twitter uh i mean there's some real life ramifications for that i mean they've i think there's been a lot of speculation that if she's the nominee that you know castro's the kind of profile candidate that she'd be looking for as a running mate yeah so that's that and yeah, it's it's good news for her at a time when she could really use some. And he is especially enthusiastic about endorsing her. Like there is yeah. a lot of natural chemistry that, that comes along with that. Yeah. Uh, one thing we saw in the Republican race last time that I'm curious to see if we're going to uh, get a taste of this time. Do you think we see? VP picks before the primary is over? No. No, not unless not unless somebody gets really desperate. I think that's... Yeah. If someone thinks they're in trouble and it will help them out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's what Ted Cruz did uh, with mm -hmm. Republicans, right? He picked a VP when they were still voting in the primary? Yeah, but that was, again, right before he was done. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the last-ditch move when he really had to win Indiana and couldn't. So I think it would probably be something similar here. Like, you know, one of the old guys, if they get into trouble, decide, okay, I need to have, you know, a VP in line in order to make people feel more comfortable with me. 
Oh, speaking of uh, important candidates that have dropped out and we need their endorsement, Marianne Williamson is out now. Oh, I saw so, that. What? The Crystal endorsement is up for grabs. I, uh, I'm i actually, frankly, surprised about that. Yeah, um, why bother? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's... She took it way too seriously to a certain extent and clearly had too many, too much staff. Like, she was trying to win. And right. she could have instead been trying to have a book tour and made a lot of money and really actually probably set herself up to, like, win a house seat somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yang's, Yang seems to have had a lot more fun, honestly. Yeah. Oh, Yang. He might actually get an administration job or something. Which seems kind of wild. I'm not unconvinced he can't win it at some level. Um, oh my god! I, I think of <laughs> of all the bottom tier, I think Gang has actually the best chance to break through, and it's because almost exclusively of people like me who instinctually hate him because he doesn't take things seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because if he ever breaks through that barrier, he is he is actually very appealing and rather smart. Yeah. Uh, so if I ever didn't hate him, I, I would probably <laughs> vote for him. And I think there's a lot of people who feel the same way. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if there's anybody who's polling around 5% who might break out, it, it's probably Yang. That just blows my mind. Well, he's basically, in most polls, he's been in like 5th or 6th place anyway. So, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Okay. It's crazy. This primary, something else. It really is. <laughs> I'm going to uh, turn this around to local. Uh, I, I do have some Portland news. We have some political news. Uh, the dean of our city commission, not quite city council, I called it that earlier. It's actually a city commission. The longest serving member, uh, Nick Fish, whose middle name it gives away his birthplace. It's Stoyvesant. Uh, of the school. Uh, he's old New York. Uh, I, I guess you'd say money in a certain way. He's high society mm-hmm. from New York. Uh, but back in the day, not really something that he has as like an active persona. Uh, he'd been on the city commission for 12 years, first being elected back in 1998 or 1980 or 2008. Jesus, I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. That was 12 years ago. Welcome to hell. Um, <laughs> uh, he had been battling with some stomach cancer. It had gone into remission for a while. He announced this fall that it was back. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he decided to resign his seat on the city commission. Uh, gave a very lengthy and ear-jerking goodbye speech to the city. And 48 hours after that, promptly passed away from the cancer. He was a, a pretty big giant uh, of portland politics uh in in real like nuts and bolts sort of way uh, the actual like workings of city government uh he is the son of a house representative who served from 1969 to 1995 uh over in new york where his family first served or uh originally was from excuse me yeah uh he one of the last things he did was returning campaign contributions to Sondland. Um, I, I thought that was 
it was pretty impressive. The last official act he did, and one of the last things he did, period, was uh, sign the check returning the uh, campaign contributions after you know, the whole fiasco that Gary Sogman. You weren't kidding about this being an old political family. I mean, they go back to the American Revolutionary War. I told you, dude, the Stuyvesant yeah. was the actual Stuyvesant's name, you know, yeah. the school was named for. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. Well, yeah, you're right. That's not just revolution. That's holy. Yeah. Pre pre English colonial. Good lord. I I'm not kidding, dude. Yeah. This this family is as old as America. <laughs> Good grief. That uh, is wild. Yeah, and he he blessed our city council for twelve years, uh, and I believe you said I wasn't living in Portland at the time. You were yeah. living in Oregon. Uh, I thought he was in the mix for mayor, but I guess not. That was actually just about the same time he got to the city council was uh, when Sam Adams got elected. Okay. So it was it was that same Samuel year. Adams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, we're really going colonial here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the one that just uh, felt up teenagers. Oh yeah, yeah. That was unfortunate. We we have a history. <laughs> He yeah. did do cameo bits on Portlandia also. <laughs> yeah, there's a wonderful uh, Wikipedia article for the Fish family, by the way, which you're probably reading since you knew yeah. how far back it is. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Anything going on in Washington we should know about? Uh, let's see here. We've probably talked. Uh, well, the legislature is going to be convening in another, I guess, this week. I haven't heard a lot about major things on the agenda this time out. It is an election year, um, but that ought to be coming soon. Actually, I'm going to be down in Olympia next week uh, watching you know, everything come into play. But, yeah, that's that's the only major thing that I have on the horizon is, you know, our, our ledges are back, and it's not a budget year, so it's going to be a shortened legislative session. And we'll see what comes out of that. I heard there was some fight between uh, Inslee and Iman. They were both making a joint appearance, and Inslee made fun of him for stealing the chair. Like, uh, I, I think the okay. comment was something like, keep an eye on that chair. You know, you can't take it with you, that sort of thing. <laughs> All right. I, I just yeah, saw uh, my Northwest bitching about it. Uh their their exact title of their piece is Tim Iman Jay Inslee fight coverage may as may as well have come from state run media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah the headline in Como is Inslee to interrupting Iman sit down just don't steal that chair. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's going to be a fantastic general election lineup. So, hurrah! <laughs> we want to talk about Matt Shea up there at all. Oh, shoot. That was the latest, too. He was, uh, what, censured? Accused or... of domestic terrorism. <laughs> well, oh, yes. yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one of our favorites, you know, here in Washington <laughs> State. Our good uh, Spokane area lawmaker, Matt Shea. Uh, wow. Uh, just the basic, you know, Google encapsulation. Uh, he is a, an American politician attorney and Christian supremacist. So, yeah, uh, that's been 
Well, he was he was censured, or at least you know, I think he was kicked out of the Republican caucus uh, for you know basically everything he's done to this point. Let's see here, and they are calling for his resignation. Uh, it was a report commissioned by the state house. Uh, released this last month that he had engaged in and promoted three armed conflicts against the United States government in Nevada, Idaho, and Oregon in 2014, 2015, 2016. So, Bundy, Bundy, Bundy. That's a solid three-year track record of domestic terrorism. Some real right. stick And he got reelected anyway in 2018. But that's the district. Uh, yeah, so he's been... Kicked out of the caucus, you know, supposedly not a House Republican, according to the minority leader. Uh, but, of course, he's still there until he resigns. Well, so they they can expel him. Um, right. But it requires a supermajority, which Democrats don't have, and they don't seem to think that Republicans would vote to expel this guy. Yeah. Which, well, and if they were willing to vote to throw him out of their caucus, why aren't they willing to vote to expel the guy? I, have the Democrats talked to the Republicans about this? Are they just guessing that they wanted uh, to expel the guy? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I, I would almost think the Republicans would want to have him out just because you know it's harmful for their reputation. Yeah, it to have feeds him into the stereotypes that they want to avoid. Yeah, I mean, it lets us go ahead and demonize the rest of them because you know. There he is, you know, doing what he does and not caucusing with them, but you know, he's gonna be voting the same line as all the rest of them for the whole year long. So yeah, you'd think you'd think they'd have some incentive to toss him out. But he's only seems gonna like get not. floor votes, isn't he? If he's not in the Republican caucus, he doesn't have uh committees. No committees. This. No, yeah, you're right. Just the floor votes. Okay. Well, yeah, there's that, and uh, I, I think that does it for us. Uh, is there anything yeah. you want to talk about, Chris, since we got you on late? Well, we do have a little bit of local news, which is that our lieutenant governor, David Zuckerman, has announced that he's running. He's, um, he's kind of an interesting cat for several reasons. He's uh, progressive. He's a member of the progressive parties. So mm -hmm. he's, he's running for governor? And he's running for governor, oh. um, and he's basically serving as lieutenant governor as both a progressive and a Democrat, which is a fairly common move here in Vermont, mm -hmm. you know, that people do under certain circumstances. Um, he's been a big supporter of Bernie Sanders, so he has that kind of thing going for him. He's an organic farmer. He really likes pot. I think it's a good fit for our state. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and... Say you know in Vermont, your your governor and lieutenant governor are elected independently, right? They're not a ticket, so correct. Yeah, yeah. so he could take on uh, Phil, Charlie, Phil Scott. Phil or, Scott. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those New England Republicans that's you know managed to get elected statewide, you know, because I don't know why. I mean, they're it's not like they're <laughs> super progressive or anything like that. It's just that a check on the Democrats that tend to be overwhelming in the legislature. So that should be competitive. Yeah, I think that will be. He's He was one of the ones that, you know, sat out the previous two races and could have really made a run for them. So I think the I think he has an excellent chance, which is good because Phil Scott is kind of a... 
he's very good at seeming reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Until you actually watch what he does at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, it it's makes... kind of a Susan Collins kind of thing. That's exactly it. That was kind of what I was thinking of there. Or the just the next state over. Uh, what was uh, the one that Maggie Hassan beat? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, Kelly. Escaped me. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, she was a you know part of the Lindsey Graham John McCain triumvirate of uh, calling Obama a total you know wimp for not you know turning the Middle East into nu- nuclear glass. So yeah, <laughs> which now we've got a whole new chance at. We. <laughs> I think we're uh, we're gonna wrap it up here then. All right. All right, I'll see you guys uh, next week.